I grew up in this parish, went to the grade school, was active in the youth group, and now for the last 10 years I've been chaplain at Northern Arizona University at the Newman Center. This past fall, the first week of school we do a lot of activities so that students can meet one another, they can experience Flagstaff, but also the hope is that they can get connected to the Newman Center. Because statistically, within 72 hours on a college campus, students have found the people that they will be with for the next four years. And so I want to be in that circle. And so it was just before school starting, and there was this young lady, um, Vienna is her name, this young Catholic girl, and she came to the social we were having, and she brought her roommate. Like, hey, you want to come hang out? This is a way to meet people and have a good time. And so the roommate also brought her boyfriend. And so the three of them come up, and she comes up to me, and she goes, hey, Father Matt, this is my, this is my roommate. She's agnostic. And I was like, well, she has a name, okay? You know, like... <laughs> The following Thursday, we have our weekly free dinner and speaker, and they came up again. They were, all three of them were there, and, and so we called them by name, and welcome back. That's great that you're here. Well, I noticed they kept coming Thursday after Thursday, and after about a month or so, I said to the young man, I said, hey, I, I know you're not Catholic, and I just think it's really cool that you keep coming each week. And he said, Father, every week I learn something new. As the semester went on, the, like, one day they came up to me, the two girls, and they said, Father, we keep, keep hearing you talk about adoration, like you guys do adoration here. What is adoration? I was like, oh, honey, I wish everybody asked me that question, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's spending time with the Lord outside of Mass and just, just to rest in his presence. And uh, the Catholic girl's like, that's what I tried to explain, you know? Um, so they said, well, can we come? Like, I know they have it tomorrow. Can we come tomorrow, or do we have to wait till next week? I was like, no, come tomorrow. So the next day, I happened to be walking by, and I look, and th these two girls are sitting in the chapel, and it was maybe obvious that they'd never been to adoration, because they were sitting there in their seats, and they were, like, leaning back, and their eyes were just, like, wide, like, they didn't know what to do, and they're just, like, taking it in. So I was, I was like, I hope everything's going okay in there, right? I, I talked to her father, just happened to talk to him that weekend, and I go, oh, I saw... You know, your daughter and her roommate were in adoration, and he goes, oh, let me tell you. Apparently, they were walking back to their dormitory after praying, and the one said to the other, this is the most at peace I've ever felt in my life. And the other girl said, me too. And so that girl, soon thereafter, came up to me and said, Father Matt, I've decided I want to become Catholic. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, start going to sacrament preparation. It'll be great. And then early this spring, she comes up to me again, and she goes, Father, I found out I am Catholic. <laughs> like, I was like, that's great. What do you mean? And she said, I found out that I had been baptized Catholic, and I never knew. It was, it's the generation that, of, of people that said, we're just going to let our kids decide for themselves what they want. And she had been raised saying, Mom and Dad, why didn't you teach me? Why didn't you tell me? But now, in God's perfect timing, she was responding. In this past Saturday, she received her sacraments of confirmation and First Communion. And two weeks earlier at the Easter Vigil, her boyfriend did become Catholic and received his sacraments. 
There's no greater evangelizer to our college students than their peers. And while most of our experience perhaps has been that our sons and daughters, our grandchildren, our friends have fallen away during college, because statistically around 80% of people who fall away from the faith do so by the time they finish college. That's where it happens. There's a lot of other ideas, there's a lot of other interests, people pulling, a lot of contrary voices like we hear in our, our first reading. But I've also seen the opposite, that when we put our resources into our young people, that they respond. That they don't fall away, but they actually become evangelizers to their peers. Just this graduation class right now, one of our graduates from NAU is, she's going to go uh, be a missionary in Korea. There's uh, a girl right now who's in Honduras. There's a girl who's going to do NET, New Evangelization Team, in Australia. There's a young lady who's going to be a focus missionary, which is committing the next two years of her life to serve on another college campus. I think since I've been at NAU, I think we've had about 17 graduates become focus missionaries. We've had eight young men go to seminary. We've had all sorts of holy you know, couples and marriages come from that. But there's something about in our culture and world today that the light shines brightest in the darkness. That if we can proclaim the gospel to our young people, that that's what they were made for. That's why Paul and Barnabas today, they're, they're preaching to an audience that doesn't really want to hear it, that it's, it's like hitting a wall, because we all have a choice whether to respond. But they said, even though we're facing obstacles, even though we're facing resistance, that there's nothing more important than sharing the good news and eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. That, that's what led me to where I am now. I, after college, I was working as an engineer at, well, it didn't matter where, but I was working as an engineer, and Father Chuck called me one day, and he said, Hey, uh, Matt, um, I know you're an engineer, but I'd like you to come help me and take over the youth group at St. Teresa. And I was like, Father, I'm an engineer. <laughs> You know, like, the, the two don't mix, you know? And he said, well, I don't want your engineering skills. I, I want you. And so, by God's grace, I, I realized is that as much as I was enjoying making money and whatever, doing these things, that, that there's actually something more important. And that as I put my gifts, my entire life and myself into God's hands that I found myself receiving a joy and a meaning that was greater than anything I'd experienced. And it was like, Lord, the more I trust you, the more I put my life, my gifts, everything into your hands, that I find myself being happier, more fulfilled, that there's, there's nothing more meaningful. And I think, I think it was Father Chuck's invitation then that, that led me to where I am now, serving, reaching out to other college students. It was like his investment his handing on the faith, his discipleship of me actually has made it so that now I'm able to disciple a lot of other people. And so what's so important right now is evangelization. That's why our bishop has called for a campaign throughout our diocese for evangelization and discipleship. We've all experienced this in our own ways, but I see it firsthand on a college campus that anxiety, depression, suicide, is at an all-time high since World War II. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that. I see it day to, every day with the college students who come in without hope, 
that what these young people need more than anything is the hope and faith that comes in Jesus Christ. To say that I know things are difficult, but it's not all on your shoulders. That God has a plan, that God has you, and he's working all things for good. So turn to him. Tell him about your frustrations. Tell him about feeling overwhelmed. Tell him all about it. Let him be your strength. And so this, this campaign that's happening, it's going to generate a lot of revenue. The point is, first and foremost, is that a, a third of what's raised is going to stay here in this parish so that we can evangelize our fellow parishioners, so we can evangelize our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, that the good news is needed right here. But part of it also is going to go to other places in the diocese like our Newman Centers, where our young people, where they can hear the good news. And so there, there's, a, there's a card as you walk out, there's a prayer. If you want to grab one of these, it kind of tells you a little bit more about this. You're going to keep hearing more about it. But there's nothing more important. A few years back at New Student Orientation, which is where all the different clubs have a table and all the new freshmen walk through. And so we're standing there, out there at the table, and I, I hear this voice. There's a, a mother and a daughter, and they're walking by, and the mother says to her daughter, hey, look, the Catholics are here. <laughs> Which, shout out to moms on Mother's Day here, right? Like, praise God for the gift of our mothers who have been so generous and who have invited and taught us the faith. That's where I learned, you know, angel of God, my guardian, all those things. It was my mother at the side of my bed teaching me how to pray, teaching me how to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so here's this mother inviting her daughter to the next step. But, but the daughter, I hear this, I think she said it loud enough for me to hear it. She says, Mom, I'm not sure I want to be Catholic anymore. To which I turned and looked at her and I said, that's okay. To which Mom says, that's not okay. <laughs> I said, no, I, I just want you to know that we're here and you're always welcome. Because it doesn't work. Love, there's no such thing as love if we don't have freedom. That when the prodigal son wanted to leave home, the father said, I'll help you pack. Because if we don't have the freedom to leave, we don't have the freedom to stay. Well, this young lady, she kind of stood there. I think she was confused, like, where's the judgment? You know, where's the guilt trip? I was like, no, here, here you go. Here's the information. You decide. Well, two days later, she showed up. We had a, a, one of those socials again, and she came, you know, school hadn't started yet, and she met a couple other girls, and she met one of the focus missionaries we had. And they got to know her, they exchanged numbers, and then they said, hey, why don't you come back? We're coming back tomorrow. So she's like, okay, what else am I going to do? Fine. That's, you know. So she came back the next day. And then the next day. And eventually it led to her going on retreat. And then she went to one of these national college student conferences hosted by Focus. And she came back from that retreat, that conference, and she, she told her parents, she said, Mom and Dad, it's true. And they're like, what's true? They're like, no, this Catholic thing, it's true. Because what she realized was, she had always heard that, oh, God loves you. She's like, I always heard that, but I didn't know that God, that it was, that God was talking to me. The God who knows everything I've done in my life, the God who knows every one of my doubts and frustrations and objections, 
that God still wants a relationship with me. And this young lady's life, it, it was transformed. She started praying every day, and she realized, she's like, I want my parents to know God in a deeper way. So she, she left this book out so her dad would find it. So her dad, a week later, she comes back, and the bookmark had moved. So she's like, all right, dad's reading, you know? Her dad finished that book and said, you know, honey, do you, do you have something else I can read? And her dad started getting back into his faith. He started stopping by the chapel. Soon thereafter, in an unfortunate way, he lost his job. But he said, well, now that I don't have a job, I've tried to get a new one, it's not working, I have some time, I think I'll go to daily mass, and I'm gonna join a Bible study. And then someone else invited him to join a second Bible study. He's like, this is great, I'm in two Bible studies, you know? And, and, and he had this space in his life. Until one day, he wasn't feeling so well, he went to the doctor who sent him to the hospital, and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I went down to visit him in the hospital, and I said, I'm so sorry. And he said, no, Father. He says, I feel for my wife and my two daughters, but if I can be completely honest, I cannot wait to go meet Jesus. And as much as I love my wife and my daughters, as much as I want to care for them, I know that God loves them even more, and he's going to take care of them that he had an extreme confidence in the Good Shepherd who holds all of us in his hands and that the love he was experiencing as a father is, was a glimpse, a fraction of the love of God the Father for each one of us, for each one of his children. And that same knowledge that his children and family were cared for helped him to know that he also was cared for that God has him. He's got me. And no matter what happens, that he's got a plan and I can trust him. You see, when we see our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends walk away, God still has them. And he's working a plan in his perfect timing where he's going to move them to turn back, to open the door, and that you and I get to be those people who, who get to knock and to welcome them back and joy to the gift of eternal life. You see, what happens is when you and I, it's like Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta said that I am a pencil, I am an instrument in God's hand. That when we entrust ourselves to his care, that God is then able to work in and through us to bring about the salvation of others. And so our invitation this day and every day is to place our entire lives, our hopes, our dreams, our sorrows, our frustrations, everything about us into the Father's hands. And He will work through us. He will help us to know His love, and He will allow us to be the instrument of salvation for others.